0: Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVone, and this is a happy, hippie place for talking all things magic, witches and fiction, and creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. Hello! Hello, hello, hello! Thanks for joining me for episode 419 of Hippie Witch Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe and I am the cookie creatrix behind Kickass Witch, putting the K in Magic and Hippie Witch the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name Hippie Witch Peace Love and All That Good Shit and you can pick up a copy of that at www. Did I say too many W's? W's 3W's.JoannaDeVoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio where you will also find a link to today's, to this month's, to September's Patron of the Month, Sarah Jackson! (laughs) She just has one of those names that I love to sing. I warned you I was having Sarah on the show, and here I am fulfilling that prophecy. It's also 6 o'clock in the morning, and this is the second time that I have recorded this episode, but here's the thing. The name of this episode is The Pursuit of Excellence, and I did not feel that the first time I recorded it, which was last night, that... It was excellent. It was rambly and overly focused on myself. I was just rambling away. I know that a lot of you actually enjoy those episodes that have that kind of flavor to them and it was fine. I didn't hate it, but at the same time, I was like, did I actually say what I want to say? and this is nothing to do with Sarah's portion. We when I do these patron of the month interviews, they're usually 20 to 30 minutes long and then I work them in to some kind of ramble on to on a specific topic. Today it's the pursuit of excellence. Her interview is excellent. She's a natural. I think you all are going to love her. But when I recorded my portion of it last night, I just thought I don't I don't know if I love it. I don't know if I love it. And I don't always examine each episode from that perspective. But because this one is called The Pursuit of Excellence, I actually wanted it to be not excellent in terms of like the best podcast ever. But I at least wanted to achieve what I set out to do, which is to inspire you to... Pursue excellence and explain like why I think that is a worthy pursuit. I wanted to put more of the emphasis on you and make it less rambly. So when I went to bed last night, I just told myself, I'll know when I wake up in the morning. It, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. I don't think anybody's going to hate it. But if I'm going to redo it, I'll just wake up in the morning and I'll know. I woke up at 3.48 <laughs> a.m. and I knew. And all of a sudden... My mind my mind, podcasts sometimes when I'm not even trying to do that. I'll be driving down the road or taking a shower or I'll wake up at 3.48 in the morning and just start podcasting in my brain. And I was like, okay, I don't even know if I've ever done this before, but I'm going to get up, do my usual routine, and then... As soon as the kid is set up with his breakfast and his Spongebob and he's out in the living room doing his thing, I'm going to re-record this episode. So here I am re-recording this episode. I have to thank, as always, the amazing people who make this podcast sustainable for me. The lovely people supporting Hippie Witch over on Patreon. Thank you so much and thank you to new Patron. Lizzie McSween! Hello! Welcome to the tribe, Lizzie! And be sure, too, to hop on over to Discord. I've been talking about Discord a lot lately because that has actually become a huge highlight of the Patreon experience. I did not expect that. I never could have planned that because I am technology-resistant It required... It was actually my patrons who pushed me a little bit to hook that up so we could have a space to all chat. And I resisted and I resisted because I thought it would be difficult to do that. And come to find out, it was actually pretty easy, which made me think, huh, I wonder what else I'm resistant to, all the technology things that if I just sat down and applied myself for an hour, I could figure out. So... I love it. I absolutely love going in there. I go in there on weekday mornings to just connect with everybody, but then the best part of it is you all are making friends with each other, and it's so much fun. So that's why you keep hearing me mention it sprinkled throughout here and there. It's why I was posting about it on Instagram yesterday. I think it is super rad, and I love it. I love that you can chat in real time with somebody who lives on the other side of the planet. It's just, maybe it's my age, but I'm still like tripped out by the internet. It's been a huge blessing in my life. It's given me the life that I have now, so I'm constantly amazed by that. So, uh, how do I segue into this? Because the, the subtitle for today's show is an ode to J-Lo. So I guess I'll just start there. It's funny. I For a long time, I thought of myself as a very hip and cool and gritty rock and roll kind of person. And so I didn't think about the J-Lo's of the world. They were just too shiny and bright and openly ambitious and it wasn't that I didn't like her it was just I never thought about her that wasn't what I gravitated toward so it's been actually pretty exciting and fun to discover her late in her career and actually start paying attention to like who this woman is like whoa what is going on here she must be the hardest working person in show business. I don't know if this quality she has of pursuing excellence has been there the whole time. It seems like it has because she didn't come from privilege. She didn't come from Hollywood connections. She made her way up from the streets to where she is now. So I assume it's been there the whole time, but it seems to have reached some kind of fever pitch where now She kind of seems to be one of those people who has it all, and it's easy to get blinded by the flash of that. But what I've noticed, I guess I started paying attention a couple of years ago when (laughs) this shocked everybody that I know personally, my friends and my family, when I was like, I want to go to Vegas and see Jennifer Lopez perform in her residency. Who wants to go with me? (laughs) And I ended up going with my mom, my Aunt Bonnie, and my sister. And none of us were really J-Lo fans. It was such a funny trip. We all went out to Vegas and we saw her show. And at that point, it was kind of the beginning of my, wow, this woman is amazing. Look how hard she works. And I really just wanted to be in the room with that. I just wanted to see it on stage. I just wanted to see that level of excellence. And I didn't know what to expect, you know, if it would be super cheesy, and lots of lip syncing, but she works hard on that stage. And it really impressed me. And then I got into World of Dance. (laughs) I forget which was the show that actually started her on this track of these uh what is it reality tv contests it was was it the voice was it america it was american idol i think that she was on but i don't watch american idol but i love dancing and the quality of this show these dancers it really is the world of dance it's next level and getting to see her interact with people that way and cheer them on and support them It really gave you a sense of the heart of the woman, that she actually really cares and and is really thrilled and excited to be a part of that world still having been in it for however many decades now. And then I was thinking like, wow, and then she did this, what is the name of her TV show that I don't watch? She was also doing that Blue. Blue is in the title. She plays a police officer, which oddly enough actually fits in quite nicely with with today's interview, as you will soon hear. (laughs) But anyway, so she's doing a TV show, this reality show, and this show where she's showing off her acting chops and getting such great reviews. And she did this big Vegas residency, and then her 50th birthday was this summer. How is this woman? 50? I don't even know. She looks incredible, and she looks incredible because of the pursuit of excellence. She has earned that shit. She has earned those muscles. And so she did this 50th birthday tour all summer long and worked really hard at making it happen. She also happens to have a YouTube channel. (laughs) So she does a lot of things. I know she has a huge team of people who help her do those things. But the cool thing about the YouTube channel is it allowed me to follow along. Because you may remember... I really was diving into the queen archetype, especially this summer because I was running the program again, and so I dubbed J-Lo my summer of 2019 queen avatar. I was just kind of using her as a role model and somebody to keep me motivated and inspired in my own pursuit of excellence, and holy cow did she deliver. She so delivered, and watching those vlogs she was posting vlogs about or her team was I assume posting vlogs about her journey with putting this tour together I realized wow she really 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 works hard but what impressed me about it was oh and also I should just put a side note there's also talks now of her to be of her being the halftime act at the Super Bowl. (laughs) So I'm just like, whoa, she is really on a roll. This is pretty wild. And the whole thing that got me talking about this is I just went to see Hustlers yesterday. I I waited all summer long to see this movie. And then I had to wait. (laughs) I waited and waited and waited, couldn't wait for it to be released. And then I had to wait some more. I thought it was released early here but I have these movie passes that are only good for certain theaters and I wasn't able to use the passes on the day that I had set aside to go to the movie and then when it was finally released at those theaters I was booked solid with coaching calls that Thursday and that Friday Uh, I had I just had work to do and then of course it was the weekend And I don't schedule coaching calls on the weekend, but then I had the kid, and I couldn't justify dragging my son to a movie about strippers. (laughs) So (laughs) I had to wait till Monday. So speaking of the magic of anticipation, that was the last solo episode I did here. I was talking about the magic of anticipation, so that was really fresh on my mind. So when I realized, I guess it was Tuesday or Wednesday, like, wow, I don't get to go see Hustlers When I want to, there's something about being first. There's something about being like, you know, waiting in line and being there first to see a movie, which makes no sense because you can enjoy it at any time. But I really like the energy of when something's super fresh and new like that. So I just use that time to binge on all the interviews. Speaking of hard work, she's working her butt off going on every talk show, late night talk shows, daytime talk shows, doing lots of different interviews. It was just the, it was TIFF, Toronto International Film Festival, and she was there with the whole Hustlers team, Laurene Scafaria, who is also super inspiring, is the director of the movie, and she's another perfect example of the pursuit of excellence and how how hard she worked to get this movie made it was just all very inspiring. And so I just leaned into all of that and enjoyed the magic of anticipation waiting until 11:20 a.m. on a Monday when I got to go into the theater and watch the movie by myself and because I really am the mushiest mushball, you'll hear me talk about crying over Sarah launching a business which is hilarious. <laughs> but I I I get choked up, I should say more than crying about all different kinds of things, but it always has to do with somebody either launching a dream or that magical moment when all of the pursuit of excellence finally culminates in what you've been working so hard for that always overwhelms me or somebody who you know has really had a rough time of it finally gets something that you think they deserve or someone wins an award for something that they really were in the pursuit of excellence in the making that stuff always just it overwhelms me with emotion i love tapping into that energy that's why i'm such a mushy mush ball i love to see Someone creating the kick-ass life of their dreams. That's why that's the theme here. That's why I talk about that all the time. And that's why I got all choked up watching J-Lo spin around in a G-string on a stripper pole. (laughs) I was like, this is... So funny. I'm the only person, I think, who would cry watching this. But, you know, it was all the buildup of it. And it was a happy cry. It was just that fun wave of like, woo, I'm here. And they made this thing. And I've been looking forward to it. So here we are. What I was saying about the vlogs, about what inspired me about that, is you got to see the behind the scenes of the making of everything she does. And you really got the sense of how she manages within the circus of her life, all she's doing, which again, I don't think would be possible without a team, but to operate at that level, that's part of the pursuit of excellence is surrounding yourself with excellent people who share that vision with you. Uh, but what you really got a sense of was how she prioritizes her family and really Takes time to make sure her kids feel seen and valued. She really goes out of her way to create those connections. And keep in mind, I'm just speaking as a fan from the outside looking in at highly edited material. So, this is the impression that material gives. And I don't know what the actual behind the scenes is. Maybe she's a freaky tyrant. I don't know. (laughs) So, I'm just talking about the image that she has crafted in her pursuit of excellence and the impact that's made on me and what that has inspired me to want to reach for. You see it in her relationship with, and I feel like a cheesy dork for saying this, A-Rod, J-Lo and A-Rod are getting married, and I can't believe I just said that on my podcast. (laughs) But you can see the way they prioritize each other And I think that's inspiring. To me, that is the pursuit of excellence. And then, of course, all the energy she pours into working her ass off, not just on her biz, but on her ass. She has earned that ass. At 50, if your ass looks like that, you have earned that. And you need to be swinging around a stripper pole in a G-string. Speaking of which, I actually have long wanted to take pole dancing classes. I just haven't because I have other things I'm working on. And I am a person who believes that women can do it all or people can do it all, but just not all at the same time. So that is something I will do once I get a few of my other dreams off my plate. But it started with my friend Ray, who I met through one of my programs, the Psycho Spiritual Wheel of the Year. And back in the day when we used to spend a lot of time over in Facebook groups, she I just knew her as like this witchy mom. And then all of a sudden she got involved in pole dancing. (laughs) And I started paying attention to that and noticing, particularly when I started following her pole dancing journey over on Instagram, that it was changing her life. It was changing her body for sure. But you could see like this fierce fire and love of life start to emerge and she just started glowing with the thrill of loving your own life and she found this like coven of pole dancing women (laughs) it was really a tribal thing it was about women's empowerment and i never up until ray would have had that thought that like oh you know, go join, go join a class to swing around on a stripper pole, you know, and that will be an empowering thing, like a women's empowerment thing. It seemed, that seemed contradictory to me until I started seeing her posts and how much she was getting out of it and how much these women were cheering each other on and supporting each other. So that's what first piqued my interest. What I'm gonna link to in the show notes here is a video from Jennifer Lopez's YouTube channel, this vlog where she shows, she's been a professional dancer like forever, for decades. And she shows how she had to learn pole dancing, I think in three weeks. So she's working with a pro, the best, the most excellent pole dancer on the planet to learn how to do that. And this video actually was, it was vulnerable because she sucked at it at first. It's very weird to see someone that is famous for being a dancer be kind of awkward on the pole. And I thought that's how she is Jennifer Lopez. She's willing to start at the beginning and to work really, really hard. And that's why she's able to look cool doing it in three weeks time. You know, it would take... It would take your average human maybe three years to get there. But again, she has all that experience as a dancer and she was super determined and she's such a hard worker. And I think the pursuit of excellence is maybe a hallmark of who she is as a person. I know that many of you probably couldn't care less about Jennifer Lopez, so I'll throw a few other examples at you. For me, like Oprah, yes, Queen Oprah. I thought a lot about her the year that excellence was my word of the year. So 2016, the year of the Queen, was my personal introduction to going really deep with the Queen archetype. And then when that year was over, there was no way I was done working with the queen. I felt like I had just scratched the surface and now here I am in 2019 still learning so much from this archetype. And the word excellence kept coming to me at the end of 2016 and I kind of felt like that word chose me. I always feel that way about the word of the year. And so 2017 became the year of excellence and I was really thinking about Her Excellency, the Queen, Her Excellency. And so that's how that happened. But what I have found about when I work with a word of the year for an entire year, it actually becomes a part of who I am. And they're like these little word totems that I carry around with me going forward. Joy is very, very much like that. So that actually ties into the pursuit of excellence. And what I wanted to say about that. And there's, there's something I want to get really, really clear to you about what I'm talking about. Because it's easy to look at J-Lo or Beyonce and be like, well, that's them, you know. I'm not going to compare myself to them and fall into this comparison trap. I said I was going to give you other examples. Other examples would be Jack White. He's a big one for me. And Tim Ferris or Tom Bilyeu. I don't know if you know those guys. They're podcasters. They do a lot of different things, but they consistently impress me. I tend to gravitate toward those people. I relate to that excitement over personal development and the pursuit of excellence. That is what keeps me fired up about life. So the distinction I want to make is between this. I just want to say there's A difference between the joyful pursuit of excellence and the driven, self-punishing nature of perfectionism. Perfectionism is a byproduct of fear. Fear of rejection, fear of falling short, being unworthy, not good enough. It can be the product of a belief that life is a cruel hierarchy, that there's not enough to go around for everyone. And... A lack of faith that you innately have what it takes to be chosen, that you are not enough. The pursuit of excellence, and I'm going to sprinkle some joy on that to make the distinction more clear, the joyful pursuit of excellence is about the thrill of the chase, the exploration of possibility, discovery, discovering what you're capable of when you really apply yourself, when you take all your talents and energy and love and invest them in a worthy project, something worthy of your soul, something worthy of your time and gifts. I wanted to be sure to start at the top here with that distinction because it's easy to get that twisted and I don't want to encourage anyone to suffer more. (laughs) This is not about suffering. What I'm looking to do is encourage you to spend your life generously, to throw yourself into life with gusto, like like you yourself are pure magic, because you are, and you deserve to actually experience that, to really feel that in a deeply satisfying way, and it's about letting yourself suck at first, too, like I was saying about that video of Jennifer Lopez being super awkward when she was first trying to... Learn how to swing around a stripper pole (laughs) and talking about the bruises on her legs. I highly recommend if anybody is interested in pole dancing that you check out that video. And again, it will be in the show notes. But it's about allowing yourself to be awkward or bad at something on your way to developing the desired skill or experience. And that, as I recently talked about on Patreon, I was talking about esteemable actions. And I was using Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, as an example of that. And she talks about a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. So a fixed mindset leads to perfectionism a fixed mindset says that I shouldn't have to try if I have to try if I have to apply extra effort then clearly I'm not talented enough I'm not the chosen one I'm not perfect enough and so the fixed mindset just doesn't try it doesn't step outside its box a growth mindset is about this pursuit of excellence and the joyful pursuit of excellence And so is esteemable action. I'll just give you, like, the Cliff Notes version of it here because Sarah actually mentions that on the show. And that was the theme in September on Patreon is... It really started with Whitney Cummings. She was on Lewis Howes' show, another person I adore. I really love Lewis Howes for the same reasons that I love Tim Ferriss and Tom Bilyeu. There's just this class of men that go the extra mile to pursue excellence in their own lives. And I find that really interesting. He had Whitney Cummings on the show. And she was talking about how she doesn't really click with the self-love movement to her the way she experiences that is it's just it's just a bunch of like fluff you up feel good platitudes that don't really mean anything there's no how to it like how do you love yourself and so she prefers to build self-esteem through taking esteemable actions actions that send the message to yourself that you value yourself and then it becomes about self-respect And self self self-value. And in my opinion, this thing that we're talking about here, the pursuit of excellence, really it's in alignment with this idea of esteemable acts. Even if it's going from I'm depressed, my house is a mess, and so the first pursuit of excellence, it begins with the esteemable act of making your bed every morning. And then not going back to bed the rest of the day. <laughs> Even if it means the rest of the day, you're just sitting in a chair and staring at the wall. You made your bed. You did it. You're not getting back in there. If, if you know, I'm talking about that kind of depression where you're spending your days in bed, hating life and hiding out. I was a big hider in my past. I used to hide. And so it's just that for some people, that's a big step. That is an esteemable act on the way to the pursuit of excellence the pursuit of excellence could be about building the body of your dreams in the gym day after day or writing an epic rock opera that that begs to be recorded by your town's best musicians or climbing your way up the corporate ladder like one wise decision and strategic move at a time like the industry you're in is a fun but challenging game of chess and you are out to master that game with gusto. It could be that you're a homemaker who pours yourself into making the most nutritious and delicious, delicious, nutritious and delicious, speaking of excellence, <laughs> the most nutritious and delicious dinners like and then, you know, throwing some serious kitchen witchery on those meals and then holding space night after night for a deeply significant, genuine communion with your kids and spouse in a way that even if you're all really busy with school and work for that hour every day, you're really facilitating excellence for the whole family, like a foundation, a safe space and time to just pause for everyone to feel seen and heard and connected and supported for, you know, one hour night after night after night around an actual dinner table. With plates, not paper plates, actual plates and silverware. <laughs> I told you I was I was inspired at three forty eight in the morning. I'm talking so fast I think I have not swallowed or taken a drink of water since I began. So I'm gonna do that right now. Hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. 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 So I guess what I just wanted you to do today is think about how alive you feel when you're working hard on a special goal or you're committed to building something truly excellent. Have you ever felt that? And if not, it is not too late. If you are listening to this, that means you are not dead yet and you still have time to lean into this life you have been given and rock it out rock it out my witchy friends (laughs) so i have a few little quotes here to read from you and then we'll get to this interview with sarah who i wanted to have on the show because i think she is an excellent person and i'm not going to give any spoilers here but she did have a career an 11 year career in a profession that i think requires excellence of people and I think that really set her up for the business that she just launched this month and so it seemed fitting to to work that interview here into this topic today but Aristotle is the man on excellence apparently I thought a lot about this famous Aristotle quote of his that you've probably seen a jillion times on the internet it's uh What does he say? We do not... I'm going to read the whole thing. Usually it's just the little Cliff Notes version of this quote, which is a funny thing to say about a quote because it's just a couple seconds long, (laughs) but I said it. He said, Excellence is an art won by training and habituation. We do not act rightly because we have virtue or excellence, but we rather have those because we have acted rightly. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And again, that goes right back to esteemable actions. We are excellent and we have virtue because we have acted rightly in alignment with, let's just say, this joyful pursuit of excellence. He also said, excellence is never an accident. It is always the result of high intention, sincere effort And intelligent execution. It represents the wise choice of many alternatives. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. And again, that comes back to esteemable acts because an esteemable act is about making deliberate choices in your life and making choices that are in alignment with your true core values. And then the quote that really carried me through my year of excellence, I don't even know if this is a real quote. When I went to go look it up, I could not find it attributed to Oprah, but I always, in my mind, thought that Oprah said excellence is the best revenge. I I swear I heard her say that at some point, but it's not on the internet. (laughs) What she did say is, I was raised to believe that excellence is the best deterrent to racism or sexism. And that's how I operate my life. And I think we can look at Oprah's life and say, yes, that is what got her, you know, from where she started as a woman who grew up in poverty in the South, a black woman in the South in the 60s, went on to become a billionaire, one of the most powerful, wealthiest women in the world, people in the world. How did she do that? She did that by excellence, and I think the proof is in the pudding. We can all see that that's true, right? Right, <laughs> okay. So now I have to move on to the next part of my day. So I'm just going to leave you here with this interview with Sarah Jackson, and there might be an audio difference. I'm not sure because, like I said, I recorded I recorded it last night, so I'm cutting that sucker in half and then tacking it on to what I just did here So yeah, prepare maybe for a little audio, a little jump in the sound. But I think this is a great interview. I think you're really going to love it. So here she is, my friend, Sarah Jackson. Oh gosh, wait, no, one more thing, one more thing. Speaking of the pursuit of excellence, I have a correction to make. So in the upcoming interview, I said practical magic. Over on Patreon, the book club pick for September is the rules of magic. Both books are by Alice Hoffman, but The Rules of Magic is the prequel to Practical Magic. And I just misspoke, as I so often do, when I was yelling at Sarah about how she needs to read this book. Because we're all reading it together right now. And apparently, speaking of excellence, Reese Witherspoon's book club is either reading that book in September or they have. Because every time I go to Barnes & Noble, I see it on the big Reese Witherspoon table they have devoted a section now to her because she is the new Oprah of books her book club is driving book sales so I don't know how to compete with that I'll just ride on the coattails of Reese Witherspoon's (laughs) book club I did not know that she had already picked the rules of magic but we're having fun with it anyway okay okay so here's that interview with Sarah
1: hello sarah welcome to hippie witch hi joanna thank you for
0: having me so people that listen to the show regularly probably at some point have heard me say sarah jackson (laughs) in one (laughs) in one version or another because i really like saying your first and last name
1: Thank you. I, I love the alliteration of my first and last name. Actually, I'm I, I like it too. Yeah, it has a certain
0: ring to it. So, <laughs> I you are my official patron of the month, which is. Perfect timing. This was not planned in any way by you or by me, but you just literally just launched a tarot business and it's so unique. When you're talking about it on Discord this morning, you may have seen my comment. I don't know if you saw it or I literally started crying. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why am I crying?
1: Oh, that is so sweet. Yes, I did. And, and it's funny because when you told me that, you know, I was, you were coming after, I'm, I'm coming after you, Sarah. I don't remember how you said it. It yes, was in yes. one of the, I think it was in one of the Patreon episodes or something, but um, I, I had just decided like, okay, it's coming in September. I'm doing this thing. And I looked at, at September and I saw Friday the 13th and I saw the Pisces in full moon, or I'm sorry, the full moon in Pisces, which has always been very good for me. So that was, it was just fortuitous. So yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you had a tarot party to launch spirit horse tarot. And you, I I don't know why I feel emotional about it. I, I think you have a lot of heart and a lot of energy and you've done a lot of things in your lifetime that I think are really inspiring. And it was just very touching reading the story of you having this tarot party to launch your business. Just It was just interesting to me and I liked the pictures. Do you want to tell people
1: what spirit horse tarot is? I ride horses. I have ridden horses since I was in my mother's tummy right my mom grew up riding horses and she continued to ride through her pregnancy and then as i was an infant she would tie me on with a sweatshirt on the front i started doing what they call little britches rodeos when i was seven little britches rodeo (laughs) yes it was fun it was so bakersfield right so cute So Bakersfield, but, uh, so I, I have just, I've always rode horses and for me to be on a horse is second nature. I don't think about the cues that I give to a horse to ask them to do something. My body just instinctively does it. It's intuitive. And I went through a period in my life where I lived contrary to my intuition it was terrible. It was awful. It was like being on a runaway horse. You, you think of somebody who doesn't want to be ruled by their emotions. And that was me completely. So I ignored them and stuffed them down. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm airy air sign completely all the way. I always love it when you say that. Cause I totally relate. Yeah. I am ruled by my mind. I am 100% logical. I'm Spock. You know, this is, this is me. I'm these silly people ruled by their emotions.
0: Yes. Yes. That's a, that's definitely a shadow thing of the airy airs. We think we can control our emotions.
1: Yes. Yes. They serve me. I don't serve them. Right. And so it really backed me into a corner at one point and caused some real issues for me emotionally and mentally and every area of my life suffered. And I pictured my intuition, this inner wise woman that lives within me as being this horse who could carry me. To freedom and, you know, just give me all of the love and respect that I give a, a horse in real life. And it, it just became such a, a picture to me. I thought, how do I help other people get in touch with their intuition? You think of someone who's in touch with their intuition. And to me, that is the image of, you know, the, the little child on the, the white horse and the sun card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's no reins. There's no saddle. The horse is completely relaxed. The child is happy. They look like they're communicating, but you can't see it. And that's that's how I am now with my intuition. It's you just talked about on on um, was it on Patreon the esteemable axe. Yes, esteemable axe. Yes. So to me. Giving my intuition, giving that inner wise woman the credit she deserves and listening to her above the, you know, air quotes, wisdom of others was super empowering. And my life is completely 100% better. So I thought, you know, I do a lot of that through tarot, I do a lot of the getting in touch with my intuition and seeing what direction my intuition wants to take me, I use tarot to, to get in touch with that. And so I thought if I'm going to help other people get in touch with their intuition, of course, tarot.
0: Yeah. Oh, it makes so much, it makes so much sense. I remember when you were like playing around with different names and and when it hit spirit horse tarot, I just just, I felt like there is no other name for your business. There is not another name because it's so you. I love, I highly recommend that people go look up, I know that there's like little decibels in there, but it's Spirit Horse Tarot on Instagram so they can see you being a badass. One of my favorite comments ever. You post these pictures every once in a while of you barrel racing and doing really cool things with your horse. And you always give the, cr- the credit to the horse, even though you look like a complete badass goddess yourself. But my, one of my favorite comments was from your son. And he said I, something like, I can't believe my mom is cooler than I am.
1: <laughs> Aww, yes. He is... He's, yeah, I'm proud of him. He's actually, he's driving on his way here from Nebraska right now.
0: Yeah. And that's just something too, that I just want people to know about you. You are a mother of many. You have been a police officer, which I definitely wanted to talk about. And I mean, you're kind of like a pillar in the horse community too. I've come to find out like writing for the paper and doing things like that. So
1: yeah. Tell me your story, lady. How many kids do you have? I have four. I had my oldest is 22. He's in the Air Force in Nebraska. Next in line is she will be 16 here on October 9th. Promise. She, yes, promise. She's the Libra with a Scorpio sun that does a cheerleading in Bakersfield. She completely loves Hippie Witch.
0: Yay. Yeah, I got to meet, I got to meet Promise for people listening, Sarah and Promise and Marla, who was on the show once upon a time, you all loved her. We went to go see, (laughs) we went to go see Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery.
1: Yes. So she's, she is just a basket full of sunshine. She's my, my sweet, she's all sugar. Uh, the next one in line is Seth and he's nine. He is just a bundle of fun every day. (laughs) A little brainiac kind of too, I think. He is, he is, he's, he's a smarty. And then we have Kelly. She just turned five and she's just started kindergarten and she's my little horsey girl. So that's a lot of fun.
0: Yes. And we have, speaking of Bakersfield, we did not know each other. We met through Hippie Witch, but it's just mm-hmm. a side bonus that you have
1: a relationship with my hometown. I do. I do. And I'm there several times a month. You know, it's 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 not a fun drive from here to there. It's very ugly, but um, I'm always happy to get home. <laughs>
0: You're on the road a lot. And then you were, speaking of being on the road, you were a highway patrol officer. Is that, am I getting that right?
1: Yes, for almost 11 years. Why? How? Also, Uh,
0: I want to mention to people who don't know what you look like, you look like a model. You look, I don't know how you're the mom of four people, but also it kind of cracked me up that you were, I just thought like you are the TV version of a police officer. Like like it was just like a funny combination to me, which I know is a sexist thing to say. So
1: everybody, no, know. No, it's, it's totally reality. It's, it's just not that, Oh yes, I'm so beautiful. It's just that there are so few very feminine women in uniform that yes, I, I was kind of a, an oddity of sorts.
0: Yeah. So how did that happen? What led you to do that?
1: I had always wanted to be in uniform as an officer. It's it's a protective role. I am protective by nature, that's who I am. You know, I see somebody getting hurt or somebody being abused or something going wrong and, and I want to protect people from that. So it just it seemed like such a natural fit, you know, mama bear. All the guys that I work with, they called me mama bear. That was kind of my nickname. As far as the highway patrol, I I was applying to different law enforcement agencies and somebody brought up the highway patrol. And my former mother in law said, Oh, you can't do the highway patrol, that's the hardest one. So Of course you were like, then well, let's do that doing that one. Yes, so that's that's how that happened. Uh yeah, and it was it was totally an adventure, you know, and and I'm always up for new adventures.
0: What did that teach you about intuition?
1: To trust it. To trust it. You know, it was funny because that's a good question. I during those years I I was in my personal life living against my intuition, but yet I would go to work, I would put on the uniform and I'd hit the road and my intuition ran the day. You know, I, I would know instantly things that were important, big safety things. I, I made a stop in a car and there's a couple in the car and it was driving erratically and, there's a woman driving and she looks upset. You know, I can't tell what's going on. I pull her out of the car and I'm like, there's, they, they were fighting. That's why she was driving erratically. And that's what ended up happening. It was a domestic assault in the car that I didn't see, but I intuited. Yeah. You know, those, those sorts of things, or, you know, uh, uh, there was another case with a parental abduction that, I, I just I sense that there was something wrong. Yes, this is the mother and this is her child, but there's something not right.
0: Yeah. We need so. more women in law enforcement. When I'm hearing you talk about the reason you got into it was this whole mama bear thing and wanting to protect people, I think that's really powerful. I would love to see more women in those positions because specifically what you just said. I also was thinking about glamour magic because you were saying like in your personal life, the intuition, like you were at that time in your life, not listening to it, but then you put that uniform on and I was thinking about, this is the first time I've ever had this thought, but the glamour magic of a police officer's uniform, not, and I think how that, compels other people to have specific reactions, but I've never thought about how it's, how it would impact you as the person putting that uniform
1: on every day. Oh, absolutely. Both, both in the positive and in the negative, you know, you, you get to work and you take off your personal clothes. And to me that, that, that took off my personal problems that you would normally be able to bring to work, but you can't. Uh, as a police officer you cannot you can't be preoccupied with your personal life while you're driving around doing this job and then putting on the uniform is getting into that role you and and underneath the uniform what do we wear we wear a kevlar vest in case someone shoots us with a bullet in a sensitive area. That's that's that definitely has a psychological effect on somebody. You're putting on armor. Yes. Literally. Yeah. You know. Wow, so. this
0: is why I'm excited that you I know you have a long history with magic and dream interpretation, intuition, tarot. I think that Clearly, you need that foundation to be a professional tarot reader. But when I think about your time in the force and when I think about your lifelong experience working with horses, to me, that's what makes it so special and different. Something unique that just hasn't been done before.
1: Thank you. I feel really seen. Thank you. Yes, it's it's. I feel especially prepared for this business. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So do you want to tell people what it was like to have... Your tarot party. I think it was just like a. I think I got emotional because it. The way I understood it when we first were talking about it, you didn't really have a plan like for the whole party. You were just like, "I'm going to do these readings," but then what do I do to entertain these people while they're waiting? And it was just kind of like a test run to just kind of establish like what you're doing now. And then I guess it just when I read the result, it seemed like it all worked out just really beautifully and perfectly, like a small perfect group, and it all turned out well. So I would just love to share that with people because I know there's a lot of listeners that fantasize about starting their own business that way.
1: Yes, and and you know when you're when you're saying that it it makes me think of my mantra is things have a way of working out. You know, if you if you take that step and have that faith and believe that you're going to succeed, things will work out. And if there's a blip along the way, you can always find a way to overcome that. You know, so yeah, it it, it did. It worked out really well. And I think you actually gave me the idea for having a party. I did. That was Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't that even was remember a, that. <laughs> Well, we had so many discussions about it, and you know, I can't remember if it was Discord or it was probably on Discord. (laughs) Yeah, if we go back and search it up, this was your idea. I'm giving you credit. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, because it was, you know, I think it started out as have someone book a tarot party for you, and then you can come to their house and do all these tarot readings, and you know, you can get photographs of, of. people in you interacting at the party and that would be great for the website and and it's a great way to kick it off and I thought oh that is such a great idea however I don't have uh, very many witchy friends or even tarot curious friends close by so I thought you know what I'll just plan it myself so I sent out a billion invites and did not get a whole lot of people wanting to come because most of the the people, like I said, that are local have never experienced tarot. So they're like, Ooh, I don't do, they know what's about to happen to their community, (laughs) right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We'll get there in a second, but yeah. So it, um, I had, just four gals come over none of them knew each other only one of them had any experience with tarot she's a, another tarot reader she's in her 20s she's young but she's starting out she's very confident they all hit it off really well i was super pleased they're all horsey gals So they all had that in common. Uh, And none of them had ever had experience with tarot. They were just my friends, and they decided to show up and support me, which was super neat. You know, so we did—everybody got a a reading, and they were all— I try not to share too much about what happens in the readings. Cause that's all confidential, but they did. They I'm glad I had tissues on my desk because they all teared up and it wasn't a sad tearing up. It was more of a, I'm feeling seen tearing yeah. up, Yeah, you know, which was super, super touching for me. I, I really enjoyed it. Some of them stayed until midnight. It started at six. Wow. How fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was was, them all off with a candle too. I did. I did. And again, I'm giving you credit for this because this was your idea, you know, on the winter solstice module, the candle, I loved that. That was the best. And, and so I still have my, my candles on there and my candles say my core desired feelings. Winter solstice last year were radiant, seen and peaceful. And so one of them is a picture of the moon because the moon is radiant seen and peaceful and the other one is a picture of a sunrise because it's radiant seen and peaceful and you know as as the candle burns down it lights up the picture and it lights up the words and it lasts through my morning quiet time for goodness a season and a half that's so So cool yeah, it really focuses you in on how it is that you want to feel and and what you want to get out of that and the actions that you have to take to get there. So at the end of the readings, I had them I worked with them to come up with their words. Mm-hmm. abundance, freedom, peace, these types of things. And I sent them all away with a candle and directions on how to do the candle craft and just talk to them about how you can meditate and watch the candle burn in the morning while you drink your coffee and how meaningful it is. And it, it's a, this is a total plug for your winter solstice, yeah. <laughs> you know, any, any time you can plug into the wheel of the year modules, that was awesome. Wow. Cool. Thank you.
0: You know what I also wanted to mention? Do you consider yourself like a second generation witch? Or I don't know if your mom would ever refer to herself that way, but I just know from chit chatting with you online that your mom is very magical. If she doesn't identify as a
1: witch, she sounds kind of witchy to me she She is witchy. I have never heard her call herself a witch unless she's being feisty yeah <laughs> she is very feisty but uh yeah she she is very magical I, I laugh because my brother, uh, who is only eighteen months older than me and is very masculine and manly. He's like six foot four and he looks like uh, Mitch Horowitz, but mm-hmm. with bigger muscles mm-hmm. He um, he's a male witch. Oh, I did not know this. Yes, and he's a man witch. He's a man witch. (laughs) He's a big beefy man witch. But (laughs) (laughs) our mom, we used to make fun of our mom when we were kids about her crystals and her tarot and her fascination with the moon and you know it's in astrology and all this stuff and now here we are in our 40s totally digging it you know so that that to me we we laugh about that all the time and my mom i don't believe is the first one in the family to do that my husband and i just did uh 23 and me oh no we did we did the ancestry dna i'm sorry We did Ancestry DNA and traced our genealogies, and Burroughs is my mother's mother's maiden name, and I had no idea the significance of that name. Well, my mother's mother's grandfather, his name is George Burroughs, and this is a family name that traces back to the George Burroughs who was the minister who was hung in Salem.
0: That is why you went to go see him when you went to Salem. This was that the summer?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We went, yeah. So after I found this out, I was like, we are going to Boston and Salem.
0: That's why you went to Boston and Salem.
1: Yes. Yeah. So my mom's family has been in the Boston and Salem area for about 400 years. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. How are you reading practical magic? Are you doing that with the group? No,
1: I'm not. Oh my God. That's where it takes place. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. i, 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 I got to read it. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. Um, I need – you know what? Here's what I, we need to do. You need to go kick ass in Spirit Horse Tarot. Yes. And people listening need to go hire you for a reading, clearly, obviously. And you. then you need to come back on the show as, like, an official guest where we have, like, a whole hour to sit and talk because – I don't feel like I've scratched the surface here. There's much more to say. So Sarah Jackson will return for sure if I have a say in it, people.
1: (laughs) Yes. And if you want me on the show, I will be on the show. So
0: Yeah, I'm so excited. I've been been wanting to have you on for sure. So this was really fun. Um, And I hope you're prepared for this question because I always ask it. What is your one tip or a tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams?
1: And this is probably not going to shock you, but listen to your intuition.
0: No, it doesn't shock me. It's, it's yeah. so, it so nicely rounds out the conversation though.
1: Yes. Yes. Just let that pony run and let her run where she wants to go. Yeah. And just enjoy the ride. I love it.
0: Thank you so much, Sarah. This was amazing.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And I will talk to you again soon.
0: So you love her, right? She's awesome. She's awesome. That is why I always say that I've met the most amazing people through the podcast. Sarah is a perfect example of that. And I feel like the universe works like that. The greatest blessings in my life have been unexpected. I never could have dreamed them up. My son is very much like that. And then you all. You all, the people that I've met through talking, (laughs) it's all just so unexpected and you just have to accept those things. I love that quote about like, you want to make God laugh, tell her her plans. Like I still keep telling her my plans, but then she shows me other things like, hey, you know what? You're going to fall madly in love with this kid. And he's going to be very special and unique, and it's going to rock your world and open your heart in ways you never could have expected. And then decades later, you are going to stumble into this tribe of amazing witchy people by doing what you love to do talk your face off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So thank you, thank you, thank you for just being a part of this whole experience. I love you all so much. And before I go, I am going to play for you another song. This is from S.J. Tucker It's from her 2003 album, Wonders, and that's the name of the song, Two Wonders. I love this song. This song gives me all the feels. I love it. It's on my writing playlist. I really, really, really have special feelings for this song, and I just want to read some of the lyrics that I adore to you before I let it roll, and then I'll just let it roll. So the lyrics are this. It's the wonders that I'm after, even if I have to bleed, and make very rash decisions for the sake of what I need. Dancing kisses on my cheek. It's the wonders that I seek, and I swear I am not afraid. But she sings it in a very whimsical way you'll see you'll see you'll see i'm gonna play it right now so i hope you have an amazing day and or night or whenever you're listening to this until we meet again much love to you peace
2: Yes, I knew. will still take up my weapons and I'll be on my way. I am stubborn and won't listen.